Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Movie Mastery, the podcast where we watch the movies that you have commanded us to. Mm, it is our noble charge. We are nothing if not your humble servants in this, <laughs> the podcast realm. We ask only that you gird our loins and give us a, your hair and a locket before each, <laughs> each quest. Can you give us a fair trinket so that we may remember you upon our journeys? <laughs> I ask a simple handkerchief. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I am John, that is Jeff We are the ones who watch the movies And this time around we watched I, Frankenstein? B.I. Frankenstein? <laughs> yes, B.I. Frankenstein <laughs> I'm hungry for love <laughs> And at feeding time <laughs> uh, This sucked It was not good It was... <laughs> I just wanted to end that pause somehow. I had to find the solution. <laughs> like coming back into it, I was just like, "God, fucking I Frankenstein was bad." Uh, so this came out in 2014. That is so fucking weird, right? I it's mean, so late for something like this. This feels like a 2003 to 2009 movie. Yeah, I mean, the general idea of I Frankenstein is. Somebody watched Underworld and went, I could probably do that. Yeah. There are two or, other monsters I can pick. <laughs> or just like Legion or something. Anything where where it's basically a superhero movie, but it feels it's from that era where all the superhero movies were about like semi-religious people. In, yeah, well, they're all like religious shit and they were always like trench coat guys. It was just like, oh, you know, a good guy in a trench coat must fight the armies of hell or whatever. Because they hadn't quite, they were still in the era where superheroes weren't allowed to be in a movie unless they saw their original comic book costume and were like, hell no. Huh. So, but this is from fucking 2014. Guardians of the Galaxy came out this year. Yeah, it's, it was a weird choice. And now this did get pushed back. Like they had filmed this in 2012. It was supposed to come out early, like February 2013. And then it got pushed back to late 2013, and then it got pushed back to 2014, and it's probably because they knew that they had made I, Frankenstein. <laughs> hey, I thank him for it. This movie was terrible, but there are certain line reads that I'm just glad <laughs> that exist in the world. Kind of not that I, not that they're good line reads. I'm just happy that they're out there floating around, being real. Oh yeah, I mean. Whenever you're like, oh, I'm going to listen to fucking Aaron Eckhart talk about the queen of the gargoyles. I'm like, God bless this oh, movie. Well, the, the best one is definitely Bill Nye saying, you've returned, Frankenstein. <laughs> God. You got to assume that they had to cut like within a half second because he just started laughing. <laughs> I mean, here's the thing. He was in Underworld and they were like, hey, you want to do that again? But slightly shittier even than that and he was like my friend you have no idea how much i want to do that <laughs> uh my uh my sink having a problem in the kitchen wants me to do that <laughs> uh so yes this is a movie about frankenstein fighting demons and also fighting gargoyles occasionally yeah yeah he uh he mixes it up he fights demons he fights gargoyles you know, he just he just fights and fights and fights. Yeah, I I gotta say, as the non-spoiler review, just God, just go watch Underworld. Like, I don't even like Underworld. I think Underworld is bad, and yeah. I'm like, I would rather go watch Underworld <laughs> than this. 
Yeah, like I, I already kind of put my statement down for the era of movie that this is, which is the the uh, you know, oh, we're superheroes, but we're only wearing black trench coats, and instead of supervillains, our enemy is God. <laughs> it's just that era of filmmaking, but this one feels like it was sitting on a shelf since like 2008. It's the weirdest thing to yeah. exist. One of the wildest things to me is that initially, obviously, I assume before they watched this movie and then put it out, there were sequels planned that were going to be in the Underworld universe and like Frankenstein meets Celine at some point. They were going to connect to them? I could have sworn this was just another one of those attempts to build a dark universe. Yeah, no, apparently there was like, oh yeah. We're going to try and have this be hypothetically in the Underworld series. We're going to get Kate Beckinsale. We're going to do the whole thing. And none of it was used because this is I, Frankenstein. Kate Beckinsale and Aaron Eckhart on screen. That would... That would be uh, that'd be too hot for t- for uh, for the movies. I just love that's the hottest two people. I would love them both to like reminisce about like, oh yeah, I had to kill this super dangerous <laughs> old guy. I want them to not believe each other. <laughs> I mean, I know what you're getting at. You're getting at the Bill that Nighy. they were both Bill Nye. <laughs> yes, I I get it. I, but I want them to just not believe each other. Where where he's at, he has to be like, wait, you say you're you're you were trapped and embroiled in the never-ending conflict between vampires and werewolves. That sounds made that's, up. That's a myth made up to scare children. Now, gargoyles ordained by God. <laughs> now, the gargoyle sent by St. Michael to take out the 666 demons that roam the earth. Now, that's just fact. Yeah, that's... <laughs> that's just the secret war all around that's us. That's truth. Yeah, I would have sworn if you had asked me that this was like an attempt similar to um, uh, Dracula Untold or whatever it was called yeah. to boot up a, uh, a MonsterVerse franchise. We're like, I, Frankenstein, and the next one was going to be about a wolf man. Oh, and, yeah, if they, they were, were just like, just... ooh, it's Dracula, but now he has to fight like Pixies versus... Exactly. <laughs> it's just it, it would just be a universe of smash-ups. Where every one of them would be like, well, okay, what's going on with the wolf wind? Well, unfortunately, he's become, against his own will, embroiled in the conflict between creatures of the Black Lagoon and uh, 50s-style pots and pans boop robots. They hate each other. <laughs> These robots and Black Lagoon guys cannot stand each other. We are the creatures of the Black Lagoon. We were ordained by the Archangel Gabriel. <laughs> Patron saint of fish monsters. You don't know. I, they're the patron saints of so many goddamn things. Prove they're not. <laughs> uh, so yeah, Bill Nighy in both series. Kevin uh, Grevio also. He he's the uh, the big the, uh, the big bodyguard was yeah. in both of them. Was, uh, yeah, he's recognizable. He's one of the. He's that guy where you're like, wait, is that Tommy Tiny Lister? No, hold on, is that <laughs> is that Michael Clark Duncan? No, no. it's Kevin Grevio. <laughs> uh. Yeah, all right. You know what? We're going to play a little music. We are going to come back. We are going to do a full, in-depth, spoilery review of exactly how and why Frankenstein got embroiled in a war between (laughs) demons and gargoyles when we return for I, Frankenstein. Back, it's time to talk about I Frankenstein. You know, I will give this movie some credit. Let's let, uh, let's start off. Let's, let's make this a compliment sandwich. <laughs> let's start <laughs> off with one compliment 
in our of making fun of it, and we'll end with a compliment. <laughs> that maker song in the credits is fine. <laughs> no, it's awful. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I thought it was a Remy Zero song. Uh, but no, like, what I was going to say is, this movie hits the ground fucking running. It's got a dumb, convoluted con- concept for a movie, but it just gets that whole shit out in the first, like, three minutes. Oh, yeah. I mean, the movie just starts with, like... Hey everyone, my name's Frankenstein. I was made in 1750, and then uh, yes, I killed that Frankenstein. I'm that I, I'm I'm that guy. I killed my uh, my maker's bride, and then he followed me into the north, and uh, that's where the story normally would end. But then he died in the cold, and uh, that's our cold open. And I brought him back to uh, wherever we're from. Don't worry about it. To bury him. Uh, and then, and then I got attacked by demons and then the demons get attacked by gargoyles and then I got attacked by gargoyles and then it turned out I was kind of on the gargoyle side and then for 200 years I was fine and now I'm hunting demons and the gargoyles don't want me to. Okay, let's do this. All right. Thanks for listening, everyone. That's been the whole spoiler review. (laughs) I mean, that's where the movie starts, but I really appreciate them being like, no, fuck it. Let's just, we got a lot of ground to cover, folks, so strap in. We are not wasting time. I also appreciate that it was not a slow-scrolling text crawl going up. You know, in 1750, Victor Frankenstein created a monster. <laughs> I am that monster. <laughs> and then you have, like, James Earl Jones sound like Kevin Grevio reading it. It's, <laughs> I mean, we start with, like I said, we've got the whole recounting of what happened in fucking Frankenstein. Uh-huh. And then... He takes Victor back to city town that Victor is from. Yeah, he's from um, East France, Angeles, New York. <laughs> we, the, the whole thing takes place in the city that has a, a, a giant crazy version of like Notre Dame in it. Oh, yeah. But he's, it's not France. <laughs> no, he's he's definitely from uh, the City of Lights. London. And you're like, wait, what? What's going on the here? The movie is filmed in Melbourne. I know. The whole thing is just like, uh, we are in nondescript, probably European city. Don't ask questions. It's kind of like when you watch horror movies from around this era, and they always film them in fucking Prague because it's cheap, and then they pretend that they're in like sunny Los Angeles, a college town, and it's all these like imposing 16th century <laughs> goth buildings. You're like, there's nothing like that there. Uh. But yeah, this... This movie's location is, ne- is super nebulous. It is a straight up, don't worry about it. Oh, yeah. They should have worked it into that rapid fire intro, really. But, don't ask where this is taking place. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. But instead, they're just like, <laughs> eh, it doesn't matter so much that we don't even comment on the fact no. that no one knows where this is. Also, that Frankenstein apparently just stayed there for 200 years because we end up, we, we leave him in this well, big no, church. because. He wanders the earth, but then he gets right back there. We have an entire giant scene here. <laughs> he has to fight demons. Mm-hmm. He is going to bury Victor and then grabs his journal. Yes. Because Victor, of course, has all of his his how I did it, yeah. if I did it journal. Yeah. And yeah, he's got Victor Frankenstein's journey journal by Mary Shelley. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I do like at least later in this when they talk about Frankenstein. I know, I know. That it's not like, ah, yes, Frankenstein. You know the book by Mary Shelley. They're like, oh no, Frankenstein is literally just someone might have heard of this weird doctor. No, he's like a matter of historical record now. But they do this, there's a scene where like uh, Bill Nye is talking to two like human scientists and he's like, what do you know of Frankenstein? And they're like, oh, he's made up. A myth to scare children. And you're like, oh my God, we're doing... It, they they did the jump. They're like he's he's a historical character, but no one believes in him. <laughs> Everyone, well, I mean, everyone's like, oh, 
there's the story that he reanimated dead, but that's just horseshit because no one's ever proven it. I just love that it's a myth to scare children, because imagine trying to scare a child with that myth in 2014. Okay, so in 1750... (laughs) A guy reanimated a body, and the body didn't like it. (laughs) And then the the guy died, and also, he was definitely the bad guy of the story, but he's been dead for 270 years. Who is the monster, and who is the man? Uh, anyway, so when he is burying Frankenstein, because for some reason he like travels into the frozen North, Frankenstein chases him. Victor Frankenstein chases him. Yeah. Dies of the cold. And then he carries Victor's body all the way from wherever the fuck they were to wherever Victor's family home was, which means this dude has been carrying a corpse around for weeks at this point. Yes. Yeah, from north, don't worry about it, to central, don't worry about it. (laughs) And goes to bury him, takes the journal, but then some demons show up and are like, for some reason, we know what you are and we want you for our our dude, Nibirius. The evil Prince Nibirius has need of you. (laughs) Prince Nibirius wants you. Vampires are bullshit. Prince Nibirius, that's... However... Prince Nibirius, he got to pick his own name and thought it would sound cool. So he gets attacked by demons, and they're indestructible unless you happen to have a specific shape carved into your weapon, or your weapon is that shape, in which case you can blow them back to hell. And he grabs, like, a random graves marker, does uh, Frankenstein, and manages to stab one of the demons with it, and lo and behold, it's the right shape. Yeah, because it's a cross. (laughs) It's a triple cross, which I was expecting to be part of the story, that, that... the, the cross has two extra arm bars on it, and I kept hoping for someone to point out that that makes it a triple cross, and then you can't trust anybody. Ah. But, uh, but no, he grabs this triple cross, stabs a vampire. This wakes up a gargoyle in that area. Well, every time a demon dies, an angel gets its wings. Yes. A demon is, in the parlance of this movie, descended. Oh, that's great, by the way. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Every time we get some descendants, then we get a musical number about how they're bad to mm-hmm. the bone. <laughs> they're rotten to the core. Core. Rotten to the core. Uh, I thought you were going to do a real Descendants song. Well, Rotten to the Core is. I, I know. That's from, the first one. From the film Descendants. <laughs> so they, when they die, erupt into flame. Yeah, fire, that, a fire snake comes out of them and goes to hell. Like, it's basically a fireball spins around, goes up, and then it goes an indeterminate amount of ways up into the air, and then slam dunks itself into the ground. Yes, and if you're a more important demon, you get more fire snakes. Yeah, the more powerful you are, the more ridiculous your descended display is. But also, in (laughs) a weird thing, you when you get descended as a demon... When your fireball hits the ground, like, it kind of has an impact. Instead of you just like, oh, I go through the ground and I'm going to hell, it, like, slam jams into it. And again, the more powerful the demon, the harder it slam jams into whatever is beneath it. Yes. Which will be important later on. Yeah. So it turns out that, I guess a gargoyle notices one of these fire trails. Oh, yeah, because a giant fucking eruption happens, which when they're like, there's a secret war between gargoyles and demons, and I'm like bullshit there is (laughs) every time one of you dies there is a fucking pink floyd light show fuck you there is so so a couple gargoyles fly over to investigate what on earth could have possibly killed a demon beyond another gargoyle 
<clears throat> and they uh, they find several demons because he only managed to get the one still harassing Frankenstein. So they help. They rescue him from Frank. But uh, just as they they finish, ra- oh, they, the demons have knocked Frankenstein unconscious. So they just pick him up, pick him up, and drag him back to their gargoyle super church. Yeah, there is just an absolute mega cathedral in the middle of city town Europe. It's buttresses have buttresses that also have buttresses. The thing is like ninety percent flying buttresses. It looks ridiculous. This chapel thick. This it ch- is all buttress. This chapel- you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you could bounce a quarter off that buttress. But no, it looks like it's 90% made of constructs. It's it's, <laughs> it's so many spires. It is the type of thing where someone's like, hey, I want you to make me a gothic cathedral. And they just went ham with the generator. Yeah. They were like, oh, I can do that. I know what that looks like. And they're like, so I'm pretty sure a gothic cathedral is 97% spikes. Mm-hmm. And no here we go. In it. There shouldn't be any rooms. It should only be a series of interlocking spires. And buttresses that support those spires and support the other buttresses. And then for the main building, all stained glass. The whole thing. <laughs> yes. 100% stained glass surrounded by buttresses. Also, no one's ever in there. It's the biggest building in town, whatever town this is. And the only people who are ever in there are secret gargoyle angels. Yeah. It's the headquarters of the gargoyles. And everyone thinks them to be mere statuary. But by night, they fight Xanatos. <laughs> Dun 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 da da da. Nope, sadly, <laughs> there is none of the gargoyles have cool names. None of them are named after the boroughs of New York or whatever. Yeah, there's no, <laughs> there's no gargoyle here named Boston. <laughs> I do think the actual gargoyles are named after boroughs. They're named like Lexington and stuff. So yeah, they're named like Lexington, neighbor- Kentucky. It's, they're just named after like neighborhoods of New York, right? Yeah. Well, you got or Hudson uh, is a river. So yeah, Bronx, Hudson. Uh, uh, Lexington, yeah. So, the, and, and that's just the ones you know, who the, did that. The neighborhood of Goliath, as opposed to Goliath and Demona or whatever, who were like, "Nah, screw it. We have our own cool names." Oh, I wish they'd stuck to that. I wish they had been like, "Oh, you know, I've had a name since I was, you know, born way, way back several hundred years ago." But for now, I'll be Times Square. <laughs> I want to see some dark, see some gargoyle name like you know Hell's Kitchen or Stuyvesant. All these other neighborhoods of New York you never hear anyone mention. I'm Staten Island. Get out. <laughs> I'm Jefferson Island. You know that one that you can get off the bridge on and it's just like a couple weird houses? What's it doing there? <laughs> That's what it's there for. You get an achievement if you can get there as Spider-Man in one of the game in any of the games. Uh, so yes, they take uh the monster Frankenstein mm-hmm. and there is now a split for our gargoyles who are like, all right, some of us want to destroy it because Nibirius wants him. So if the demon prince wants him, we should just destroy him so that he doesn't get his hands on him. Smart play, whatever that. Good job, uh, Gideon. Jai Courtney. <laughs> for the future Captain Boomerang hanging around in this. Hell yeah. <laughs> uh, Gideon, the main super badass gargoyle, is like, let's just murder this dude. Yeah, he's the captain of the gargoyle defense guard. He's he's the uh, the number one line of defense for the queen of the gargoyles, Le- Leonore, as played by Miranda Otto. Indeed. Mm. And it's a cavalcade of stars. And the opposite side of that, we've got the two people who captured him, uh, you Kyria, know, uh, Kyria and, and Ophir. Ophir. Yeah, who are just just like lowly regular gargoyles. But they're the ones who are like, 
oh, we're kind of friendly and we're cool and, you know, we don't want to just murder this guy. And we're, this does not do a very good job of establishing relationships because it's a shitty movie. Yes. But this is the closest we get to like, oh, he kind of has some people in the order that, like him. he's he's at least aware they're they're uh, they're at least aware of him and he can like tolerate them but yeah he's like tied to a chair and so gideon's like we should destroy him and miranda Otto, it it we should destroy it and uh leonore gives him a good looking up and down and she's like him not it and i really wanted him to correct her at that point they like you know i really should have a say in what my pronouns are <laughs> <laughs> i'm more of a they them thanks <laughs> thanks yeah i'm using neo pronouns because i'm not human yeah, it's fine. I'm just going to do whatever I want because I'm <laughs> actually fully unique to me. But yeah, his pronouns are a uh, a big matter of of contention in this movie. It comes up a lot. Yeah, there's a there are a lot of people that are like, oh, we just want to refer to him as the creature or the monster. Or just it. It's an it. Yeah. And uh, the the one thing we get is Leonore looks into his eyes and is like, no, he. It's a he, and I'm going to call him Adam. That's your name now. I've given you your pronouns and your name. How do you like that? Huh? (laughs) And he's fine with it. He goes by Adam. Later on in the film, he will violently defend the fact that his name is Adam, even though he doesn't appear to like where it came from. Yeah. Uh, Considering (laughs) considering no one called him that except for one time once a gargoyle was like, hey, you look like an Adam to me. And he was like, sure. (laughs) Whatever. (laughs) Okay, that's great. Are you calling me that because I'm the first of my kind and you're a Bible thing? Uh, are you very clever? Do you feel very clever right now? Uh, are you going to give yourself a cookie for that one? Feels a little hacky, honestly. Uh, uh, why don't you call me Neo? Huh? <laughs> yeah, why don't you just call me like first or something? Let's just do that. But but no, so she calls him Adam. And then she says that by looking in his eyes, I guess her and Nibiria share a unique power among that rank of le- demons and angel gargoyles. Which is that they can look in your eyes and determine if you have a soul or not. So uh, the one of the biggest points of this movie is that Frankenstein, being a created being, as opposed to an ordained by God being, has no soul. Indeed. Because he is just reanimated dead flesh, mm-hmm. when we find out at some point in the movie that the only bodies that don't have souls are dead bodies. As yes. soon as you die, your soul leaves. Yes. So because this is just a reanimated dead body... No soul re-entered it, mm-hmm. but Leonora looks into his eyes and is like, oh, you have the potential for a soul. That will come up later. Yes. Although I'm still like, okay, how do you define a soul in context? This guy can walk around and he has wants and needs and a, and a, a, a morality to him. Like, which part of the soul is, I guess, just the God part? The, yeah, the, just, the, the, just the Christianity bit. <laughs> the bit that glows. Yeah. <laughs> the 21 grams part. Yeah. So, um... So... They... they Take him, again, Gideon just wants to kill him, but the uh, the other angels are like, no, we're not. And Leonor's like, give take him to the armory and give him the gear to defend himself so that he may go in the world and find himself. And then we get a bit where he walks into the armory and the angels are like, oh, all of our weapons are stamped with this symbol of our order, the triple cross. Oh yeah, because the only way to kill a demon is to kill him with a holy symbol. Mm-hmm. So like, you can kill him with a cross or you can kill him with the symbol of our order, which is... Just someone tried to count to five and missed one. Because <laughs> it's just three marks with a slash through it. Yes. Uh, it really looks like a cross with two shorter arms underneath. But- oh, I always looked at it as, oh, this is someone fucked up counting to five. <laughs> 
Oh, you did the cross too early. You're supposed to go one, two, three, four cross. I, I get where you're coming from. I just see that set that that uh, slash that crosses them all out as more of a diagonal when I do them, where this one bisects perpendicular. Eh. But anyway, um, so they're making fun of him because they're like, "You can take any weapons you want from our armory." No, not those ones, stupid. Because he picks like two big sticks, and they're like, "Those are too heavy and slow and stupid and unwieldy." And the whole time, I, I wanted him to be like, "Why did you make them? Yeah, why are they here if you these all are, hate them and you think they suck? These are dumb weapons for idiots, and we just have them here as a test. Whenever someone comes in to pick a weapon, if they pick this, we know they're a stupid asshole. Yeah, huh? Yeah, that's right. We're we're the good guys. But then he does his his swinging both sticks around really fast move. So you know, get used to that. And they're like, "Wow, he's so strong. He can swing those two sticks around. I guess that's the right weapon for you, buddy." And it. Beyond this scene where he gets made fun of for picking them, this is his signature weapon, and it feels silly because there's no connection between him and them beyond that someone told him they were dumb. Yeah. It's especially goofy to me to be like, all right, uh, his his now signature weapons are two metal sticks. And I'm like, that's the least impressive thing you could give someone. Like, visually, I'm not going to go like, Ooh, yeah, you know what I want is the cool weapon that this guy has. I really associate him with the stick. Two lead pipes. (laughs) How cool. (laughs) Especially given that the end of this movie is him not using those anymore. (laughs) Pretty much, yeah. He loses them. You know, I get where they're coming from. Like, Frankenstein or Adam or the creature or whatever is not a character that has a signature weapon. You never think of him that way. No, but... With this, when they were like, ooh, these are big, heavy, dumb metal things. You should maybe pick a better weapon. And he's like, no, these are crude, blunt instruments, just like I am a crude, blunt instrument. And I'm like, okay, I get what you're going for. Mm -hmm. He's also named Adam. Everyone should be very proud of themselves. (laughs) But the big thing for me is he takes these two giant fucking metal sticks and puts them on one side of his trench coat. And I'm like, boy, you are doing a disservice to yourself you're gonna be all lopsided now walking around and all clanky like that coat is gonna be hanging off to the side it's gonna suck you're gonna hear those things bonking into each other put one on either side of your trench coat man also they just disappear when he doesn't have them out oh for sure given that they're like three and a half foot long magician wands made of steel they gotta be all heavy and clanky but instead he'll just like run around and you'll see his fucking like trench coat flap. And you're like, that ain't flapping. There's two giant fuck off metal sticks in there. Yeah. So then he just, they're like, Oh, you should stay with us and help us fight against the, he just walks out on them. Oh yeah. And, and- now, we do get the, the one thing is the setup for this that should have been more leaned into, in my opinion, which is, uh, the gargoyles were appointed by, uh, the Archangel Michael. Yes. To fight demons, because when Lucifer fell, Mm -hmm. 666 demons were let loose on Earth. Yes. And no more have ever come in. Because they don't have a way to, yeah. So the fight between the gargoyles and the demons is, there were the 666 that uh, came from the initial fall, and then there are however many the fucking uh, Michael made. Yeah, and amusingly, there's just like no... Like, uh, uh, there's no reinforcements for either, either side. side, which is weird. Cause you think Michael should still be a going concern, right? Like I, I don't know yeah, the Bible in a while. He didn't die halfway through or anything. <laughs> no, Lucifer. You're like, oh, you're stuck in hell. And the whole point of this is like, oh, we're trying to find ways to get like creatures to sneak the out of hell. Mm-hmm. We want to get them back out. But with this, I'm like, 
okay, so an archangel just made a bunch of gargoyles. And you'd think if he was like, oh, there's 666 demons. I don't know. Maybe I'll make like 10,000 gargoyles then. But instead, we do not know how many he initially made. We just know that he made them. And so he never makes more. And there is a line halfway through the movie when Leonor gets kidnapped and Gideon's like, we need her back. Without her, there's no hope of reinforcements ever, and we'll just become a dwindling order. And I'm like, yeah, she's the a- only one who has a line to Michael, <laughs> which she never uses. You'd think she. I just- mean, she does. She's praying to him when she gets got. Yeah, it didn't help, did it? No. <laughs> so I mean, and so- the thing is, in that scene, she is doing a traditional Catholic prayer to Saint Michael. Oh, very nice. So right. fun little is Saint Michael. The same thing as the Archangel Michael. Yes. Okay. Saint Angel Michael. <laughs> I-, I didn't know that angels could be saints. I thought the whole point of saints I mean, is that they had to die, and angels don't, so I thought that they might be disqualified. I mean, the point isn't that they have to die. You can get, you know, brought up, transubstantiated. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, I, mean, oh, I guess I'm thinking more of the modern version of canonization, where... The become, rules for canonization, yeah, like, like, St. Teresa is a saint now because they had to wait for her to die, and then have, like, people come forward and say, she did the following miracles! Yeah. So there's there's rules for how you get in now, but I think it was all loosey goosey back in the in the ancient days. Oh, before you just go like, hey, I I think this person is probably the saint because I saw him give butter and it had honey. Yeah, and yeah. I didn't see any bees. This lady like, had a headache. A miracle. This lady had a headache for like a year and a half. She might be a saint. I think. I'm pretty sure she's all fucked up on saint <laughs> juice. <laughs> a lot of saints back then were just like. I was upside down in a barrel of shit or something. Can I be a saint? And they're like, yeah, that sounds awful, dude. Was, <laughs> dude, that sucks. <laughs> well, welcome to sainthood. <laughs> You're now the patron saint of shit. And you're like, oh, God damn it. <laughs> that sucks. Why would I be that? Because you were upside down in shit. <laughs> yeah, that means I should graduate from it. I want to be the patron saint of not shit. Because I made it out. It's a story about how I escaped my... Ser- nope, nope, patron saint is it. <laughs> now, now you're the patron saint of being upside down and shit. <laughs> Little kids who love about half of you. <laughs> the shit part. So Frankenstein wanders the earth for 200 years to to observe mankind but live outside of it. Because it's important, and for the purposes of this story, it's important that he does not believe he is human. He is, yes. Yeah, which well, th- the other important thing here is, we told you how to descend a demon. Yes. Uh, which is you have to use a holy symbol, essentially, to murder them. Or anything that has that symbol carved into it. So if you were just like, could I could I carve it into a gun and would the bullets kill them? Or would I have to carve it into the bullets themselves? Who knows? That never comes up because everyone uses melee weapons. But the only way to kill a gargoyle is they can only be killed by something without a soul. Yes. Demons have no soul. And of course, so does Adam. Yeah. So he's he's killing him right up to the end. So he must get his soul real late in the game here. Yeah. He gets his soul in a real, you know, <laughs> like last minute. Blink and you miss it. The Winter Soldier shows up, but he's like, hey, I brought you your soul. Okay, I'll, I'll see you in the sequel. Uh, but yeah, he fucks off because they're they want him to fight for them. They're like, oh, dude, you're rad. You can murder demons even when you didn't know how to murder demons. You're super cool. We'd like to keep an eye on you as well because Nibirius wants you. Uh, and because he wants you, he may want you or this journal. We're going to keep the journal and put it in our They don't even let him trove. know it exists or they have it. They, they want, Ophir pulled it off Victor's corpse while Frank and or, or Adam was unconscious. Yeah. So he doesn't even know the journal. He thought it was buried and, and long gone. So he fucks off for 200 some odd years and is just like, ah, I will 
go into the frozen north like I had originally planned to, and I thought maybe I could find peace, but it turns out I'm immortal, and also demons kept looking for me. Yeah, so we get a shot of him being hunted by demons in the woods, and he attacks them, and then we watch those fire snakes pop up out of the woods all huge. And then he's like, you know what, fuck this, I'm going to solve the problem by taking out this Nibirius guy myself. And so the first time we see him in the modern day, we get a montage of him walking with his grimy long hair, cutting to grimy short hair. Uh, <laughs> so you know he's modern. He's gotten a grimy haircut. Because he, he got a 2014 haircut. Um, and then he's attacking demons and being bothered by cops and killing demons, which is pissing off the gargoyles in their mega cathedral, which is like six blocks away. So he apparently just came home. Yeah. Well, I mean... <laughs> I think this is the only city that exists <laughs> yes. because it's the only one we ever see. <laughs> the, <laughs> I mean, he, he, Nibirius is here. So maybe he managed to track him down before this. And that's why he's in town. Yeah. It's weird though, that Nibirius would be like, oh, there's one cathedral where like the last couple dozen gargoyles that exist live. Maybe I shouldn't have my home base of operations be like, Three bo- blocks away. It's all very convenient, because Nibirius even mentions midway through the proceedings that, like, you think this is my only facility? I have hundreds of identical facilities all around the world doing the exact same shit. I am. I have spent millennia putting my plans in motion. I'm not so dumb as to keep my entire operation right here, you know, next door to the gargoyles, where I am right now. Like, why did you have this one at all? Yeah. <laughs> Look, if you're going to build so many of these... Maybe. Go live in one of those. Maybe fuck off and go to, you know, I don't know, any place else. Yeah. But instead, he is in Citiesville, Europe. And when he returns, does Mm -hmm. Frankenstein, he, you know, kills a couple demons. And one of the demons kills a cop who shows up when this fight is happening between some of them. And this will be (laughs) one of three regular humans in this movie. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. There really are only three beyond just like some extras on subways. But in terms of people who get lines, there are three humans. Yeah. (laughs) We get one shot right before this happens where he walks into like a nightclub looking for demons. Yeah. And we get some humans in there, probably, I assume. I guess technically Victor Frankenstein has a couple of lines in a flashback and he's a human. I guess. So that's one. That's so there's a few humans. I'm going to say in in Citiesville, Europe, there are only three humans. (laughs) In Citiesville, Europe, there are only three things to do. <laughs> These three humans. Digital do styles. Them. But he, he kills some demons and just gets immediately waylaid by gargoyles again. Because gargoyles are slow, lumbering, terrible fighters who seem to suck. Unless they're off screen, at which point they will their feet will just randomly appear from the top like a boom mic and just snatch you and carry you wherever they want. I mean, the thing is, they're amazing fighters and... Mm-hmm. It is amazing to me that there are still any amount of demons left, given the fact that when we get the scene where, like, demons en masse attack the cathedral, they are just straight murdering dozens of them. I'm like, yeah. how are there any left of you? Well, yeah, I, I don't know what's going on exactly with the power disparity, but there must be a lot less gargoyles than demons. Yeah. Um. But, yeah, this time they pick him up, and uh, th- this is Gideon that gets him. And Gideon flings him into the t- the tower of their big church order where he's like, Gideon, what are you doing? Come on, man, knock this off. Because he still remembers all of them. He must 
we don't know, but I'm guessing he probably had a couple of run-ins with the gargoyles over the previous two centuries. I assume not. But but yeah, this time Gideon's like, we're just going to fix what we should have done years ago. This is a secret shadow war, you dumb asshole. You can't kill demons in town. Because then people see the fire snakes. Which they will immediately forget about and not give a fuck about. <laughs> I mean, their big thing is, you caused a human to die. You didn't kill him, but... You need to be careful because a demon killed a human. And they're very pissed off about that for some reason. Yeah, I, I, I guess because that's their charge is to stop the demons. You'd think they wouldn't give a shit. Like, their whole their whole goal isn't, like, protect the humans. It's get rid of these fucking demons. Exactly. And <laughs> he, for some reason, the fact that a cop died and it was not his fault. Mm-hmm. It was like, oh, I was trying to fight demons and a demon killed a cop that showed up. And he's like, that's on you. I'm like, how? How yeah. is that on him? But even, yeah, for a second, like, you even see Frankenstein get, like, sad about it for a second, where he's like, all right, fine, yeah, that's on me. That's that's probably on me, but who gives a shit? There is a whole nest of demons in town. They have to be killing humans at a pretty advanced rate over there. Huh? <laughs> uh, I mean, the the other problem is, we don't really know what, de- outside of Nibirius's plan, which, you know, I guess, spoilers, his plan is to figure out what Frankenstein did, Victor Frankenstein, yeah, and make a bunch of reanimated corpses so he can shove demon souls into there because demons can only possess bodies without souls, which normally doesn't matter because they would possess a corpse and the corpse would just sit there. Yes. Yeah, so he's he's got this long-term goal that he knows that Frankenstein existed or exists, and he's like, well, Frankenstein should be a perfect vessel for a soul. I can probably have a nice soul possess him. But also the method by which he was made, I could probably mass produce it and just fill a whole army of demons and finally win the war and take over the world and do whatever it is I'm planning to do. So that's him. <laughs> but in the absence of uh, either the journal or Frankenstein himself, he's got a couple of human scientists who think he's a human, uh, an industrial billionaire named Charles Wessex. Ah, uh, Wessex with your mom last night. <laughs> um, so he... He's. Ba- I'm surprised you didn't pick a more demony leaning name. You know, you really want when you've got that kind of thing. Ah, uh, yes, I'm Mister Alexander Crowley. <laughs> you may call me Professor Kane Beelzebub. <laughs> I'm Doctor Lord of Flies. <laughs> Please, Old Scratch was my father. You may I'm call me Scratch. Young Scratch. That's it. my that's my SoundCloud name. Yo, what up, young scratch here, and I'm here to say. <laughs> so he's got them attempting to reanimate rats. Because, you know, we're still trying to figure out the whole, like, reanimation process. Get a, be- a dead body up. It doesn't matter about the soul. And they have invented a hilarious a lightning tunnel in which to put their rats. Yeah, they got a big, weird, dumb uh, ring light that you would normally have for shooting movies. Streaming, yeah. And they put a rat in between it and are like, ooh, let's shove some electricity into this rat. I and it works. It does keep the pace of the movie, which I appreciate, because Dr. Wade, who's our female lead in the movie, Yvonne Strojewski, uh, is co- he, he's like, all right, Dr. Wade, I hope you have something good for me. And she's like, since the beginning of time, man has wished for, and he's like, no, don't waste my time. <laughs> I don't need you to do the speech every time. Just turn the fucking machine on. <laughs> but yeah, it does. It, it works a little bit. They're able to, uh, it looks like it's going to fail, but they do in fact manage to give a rat a heartbeat, a dead rat a heartbeat. Yep. And he's like, well, now when can we begin human trials? And this is where my, my favorite thing in this movie, which is the, this is one of those movies, one of those movies where 
I'm perfectly willing to be like, yeah, sure, the Archangel Michael empowered a bunch of gargoyles to be sexy humans unless they're flying, in which case they're ugly stone monsters. And they have to fight demons and no angels help, and it's just this. And also Frankenstein's here. I'm fine with all that. <laughs> all of that? Fine. But the moment that he's like, when will we begin human trials? And she's like, you have to understand, we're the most complicated beings that have ever existed in the universe. <laughs> the animation for a human is way more complicated than for a rat. <laughs> he's like... I don't know that you're necessarily correct that humans are the most complex animal there is. I I assume they are quite complex, but I feel like complexity isn't derived by intelligence necessarily. Yeah. So so that begins the 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 science babble in this movie instantly pissing me off every time either one of these two human scientists talk. Yeah. <laughs> if, if they had just left it at ah yes, Victor Frankenstein used ancient alchemy to resurrect yeah. a body, you'd be like, okay, one yeah. more thing to put on the pile of dumb bullshit, fine. But instead, <laughs> they specify what he did, and baby, it's dumb as fuck. They try to do real science. Like, there's a point where they actually manage to get their hands on Frankenstein's journal, and they're like, he used electric eels, which is a fun reference to some of the other Frankenstein films that have existed over time. Yes. As opposed to the lightning table. Uh, we're using electric eels here. But then the guy's like, Doing simple math about electric eels. Electric eels, those can deliver uh, routine shocks of 500 volts. And he used three of them. That's 1,500 volts. And I'm like, okay, number one, unless you've got their, them in a particular stack arrangement, that won't work. They don't. Electricity is weird. It it's not just math. <laughs> you can't just have three of them going and then be like, ah, this is additive electricity. <laughs> and then they need to shock for 10 seconds. And I'm like, that's not how eels work. Yep. The one thing he got right was when he immediately was like, you know, they're not actually eels. They're a kind of fish. And I was like, all right, well, that's that. That's correct. They're nice it's fish. It's weird to me that it very much felt like someone Googled electric eel. Yes. Found one fact. Yeah. <laughs> that was it. They got two. They got two. Because at the time in 2014, 500 to 600 volts was, was thought to be the biggest uh, wattage or voltage that an electric eel could put out. So they had that right as well. There you go. Um, we now know they can get up to 860, depending on the subspecies. But then he's just like... He's like, that's five hundred. That's fifteen hundred volts delivered directly to a. And then he's translating it into amperage as well, where he's like joules, joules. Yeah, well, fifteen thousand volts. That's fifteen thousand joules. And I'm like, yeah, only if it's at the rate of one coulomb or a coulomb. I've never known how to pronounce that word, but it's uh. not. Eels don't work like that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you know this. Eels, they're kind of animals. They're alive. They do a whole bunch of other different stuff. <laughs> uh. It's just so. It took me out of the movie so bad when I was just there like, can't this just be about Frankensteins and gargoyles? But the big thing to me is that that was the big reveal is like, oh, we used eels and a lot of electricity. And that was it. That's all we <laughs> That's were all missing. We, we just need to crank the voltage because they get the rat alive with like 200 joules of energy or something. And they're like, wait, wait, he just used a lot more. That's all it was. He just, just used a shitload of energy. Just a shitload more energy. That's all. Well. That's a breakthrough. Yeah. I'm like, oh, man, you have this entire thick-ass journal where he goes through how he got all these bodies and stitched them together and the way he did it. And all that matters is, oh, we should have turned the knob. Yeah. That's it. Although, I got to say, that does that scene, that because that happens later, all the eel shit. But in this scene where they're, when he's like, when can we move to human trials? And they're like, well, we can't. It's really complicated to move to a human. And he's like... What if I brought you the corpse of Frankenstein? And they're like, that is... Well, Victor Frankenstein wouldn't matter. I don't care if I would view his corpse. <laughs> I could bring you his spawn, the creature he created. That's some... What? It's it's so weird. It's like, 
It's like if uh, you were working with people whose job was like electroplating things with gold, and you're like, what if I brought you a real leprechaun or, <laughs> or Rumpelstiltskin? <laughs> well, only if insofar as there was a historic probability that a leprechaun existed. <laughs> well, they're a myth made up to scare children. Uh, but their reaction to him being like, what if I brought you the the, the, the the creature that Victor Frankenstein created? And they're like, obviously that would be very helpful. Yeah, that would be great. Except I do at least like that our uh, Dr. Wade, our main lady love interest scientist is like, yeah, but that was like 200 something years ago. I'm sure whatever that creature is, is just bones. And he's like, maybe not. <laughs> and then the, her scientist friend, uh, Marcus or whatever his name is, is just like, well, think of this. If it took 15,000 volts to, to to awaken him. Oh, if that was his birth. What would it take to kill him? <laughs> I don't know. A bucket of water? He sounds kind of electric-y. <laughs> uh, the, for some reason, the gargoyles in this are just the dumbest motherfuckers possible. Because every time they deal with fucking Adam, they just are like, oh, you... Fucking hate you. I'm like, dude, either murder him or don't. But all you're doing is being an asshole to a guy that you know can kill you. Yeah. So they've got him chained down to a chair and Leonore comes in and she's like, I thought I saw this potential for a soul in you. Now I see only a creature. Oh. And then she like stomps off. Meanwhile, we get Bill Nye's Nibirius consulting with what I think is Miranda Otto's real life brother. <laughs> uh, this this dude playing the Archangel Zuriel. Or, or, or Archdemon, I guess. Lieutenant His in the Demon Army. Demon General. Zuriel, uh, who's who's played by a game guy named uh, Socrates Otto. I think you mean Socrates. I'm pretty sure it's just Socrates. Socrates? No, it's, it, it doesn't end with an E. It ends with an I. It's an I-S at the end. <laughs> nah, it's still Socrates. <laughs> so, but yeah, Socrates Otto, um, who's like, I have a plan for how we can do this. Well, what's the plan? We're just going to send fucking 50 million demons over there. That's Give me that's all the, the demons plan. you can. Yeah. And <laughs> their whole deal is he's like, oh, give me these. And Nibirius is like, you know, they'll defend the creature like he's one of their own. I'm like, no, he won't. They don't give a fuck about no, him. They'll leave him chained to a chair. But he's like, yes, I'm I'm planning on that because the entire plan is sacrifice from what I could tell most like at least a hundred demons. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, they kill off like... 16. They actually say 16 gargoyles. 16 gargoyles. Uh -huh. And I'm like, all right, God, this this fight really does make me go, how? How have you been losing this? There's only 666 of them. Yeah. And when they attack you with like hundreds of them, you lost 16. Yeah. Jesus. But it's just hilarious that, that we have this scene where, where Nibirius is talking to Zuriel and he's like... You are my most trusted lieutenant. You of are my number one <laughs> guy. I would not give anyone else all of my demon army to just throw randomly at a problem were it not you. Because my plan is I'm going to attack their base, but they're all there. They'll kill you. Yes, but I'm counting on that. You see, I'm going to send waves and waves of guys. <laughs> Gargoyles have a preset murder limit. <laughs> War were declared. <laughs> No, his whole plan is, all right, I'm going to go in and they're going to think we're going after Adam because obviously that's what we've been trying to go after. Yeah. So instead, we're going to make it seem like we're doing that and then we'll retreat. And when they go to fight us as we are running away, we'll have a 
like sleeper agent or two jump in and go get Leonor, who for some reason I will know won't join the battle or be protected. Yeah, or defend herself in any way, even though she is also a badass gargoyle warrior, probably. Yeah, I mean, we see her in gargoyle form at the end of the movie, and you're like, all right, you definitely are a gargoyle. You can do shit. Yeah, but they when they capture her, she doesn't even try. We The closest we get in the, in the early run before she goes full gargoyle towards the end is there's a part where she's yelling at Adam, and she briefly reverts her face to gargoyle yeah, face. Yeah, she does, you know, the standard monster movie thing where yeah. yelling makes your face get ugly. Yes, which, you know, it's funny you're looking in these guys because instead of getting big mouth and fangs and all that like they usually do in monster movies, they turn into, <laughs> into ugly stone statues, and she's no exception. She, the only difference with her is that she's whiter than the rest <laughs> the of her The only brethren. difference is she got titty. Yeah, she, got, she also has some vampire titties with sculpted stone nips. <laughs> God bless. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Michael, you're a pervert. <laughs> Anyone listening to this named Michael, you're a pervert. It's just amusing because they didn't do that with Kyria or whatever it was, the other... Yeah, the one who was hanging out with Ophir, yeah, Keziah. The, yeah, uh, th- thank you. Yeah, the other female uh, gargoyle who dies during this scene, by the way, during the, the massive attack of demons. Uh, yeah, because Ophir and Keziah, the, the two that are actually friendly, hang back to protect Adam and... You know, he very rightly is like, you should let me out and help, like, give me a weapon so I can fight for my life, at least. Even if you don't want that, at least you should have the moral, uh, uh, like, uh, thoughts to let me defend myself from this. Oh, yeah. And, and I I do at least, I'm going to give the movie a little bit here. The motivation for Adam and him being super pissed off when he's like, okay, I'm going around, I'm taking care of stuff, I don't really care. And the only time we see him get actually supremely pissed is when they actually chain him to the chair because he's like the only thing i have is my freedom yeah like literally the only thing i care about is the ability to live my own life and you will not take that from me yeah so they they cut him loose and then it's just this big fight a bunch of gargoyles fighting a bunch of demons and we finally see what it looks like when gargoyles die which is that while demons turn into fire snakes they turn into heaven portals that go up. Yeah, they just turn into sky beams. Yeah, they turn into blue energy beams, and then superheroes have to stop them. Yeah. Um. So the fight is just the gargoyle re- uh, rigging in this. The way they make the, the re- there's a reason where every time a gargoyle lands, they immediately turn into a human in a, in a leather breastplate. Yes. They immediately turn into a Game of Thrones character is because the gargoyles look like trash. <laughs> just so bad. Honestly, every <laughs> CGI thing in this is like. Oh man. Oh guys. Oh come Aww. on. It's it's pretty great when Bill Nye straight up turns into Ivan Ooze at the end of this. <laughs> uh, uh but but yeah. But at least that's a practical like when he the demons turn into demons, they're like, oh, all, the only thing that changes is our face and our hands. So yeah, we can just into, put on some prosthetics. They turn into buffy demons, is what they straight that they, they literally turn into guys you'd find in uh, as the bad guys on Angel. Oh yeah. They're like, look, we don't have enough to have uh, a ton of special effects for this. We do have some prosthetics we can put on your hands and face, though. Yeah. That's why every demon wears a full three-piece suit. Yes. So we do not have to see the rest of your body. Yep. <laughs> Whereas, unfortunately, the gargoyles are like, oh, uh, we turn into, you know, big stone gargoyles, not wearing any clothes. Our clothes manifest when we turn human form. Mm-hmm. So it's all CG, baby, and it is no bueno. It's not great. So that's... This is the big CG scene of the movie is is the the war between the demons and the gargoyles that is 90% fire snakes and, and heaven beams. And at this point, I'm like, 
all right, well, now everyone knows. There's no longer a secret war. Everyone, because there are buildings literally right next to this cathedral that are like residential buildings. Someone has opened a window and gone, well, would you look at that? Gargoyles (laughs) fighting demons, and they explode into fire snakes and light beams. Huh. (laughs) Also, it's 2014 in the years of the movie, so all of this is now video. It's all on cell phones, yeah. <laughs> it's uh, it's pretty funny. But they they succeed in kidnapping uh, Leonore, uh, but uh, Frankenstein gets away. So so Adam gets Adam gets away. Uh, now while Adam's kind of hiding and recu- like uh, watching from the shadows and so on, Zuriel goes to a third location and holds Leonore there until Gideon shows up against Leonore's wishes and is like, look, I don't have Frankenstein to give you. Yeah, because I, I, there was a demon was like, oh, we'll trade you Leonore for Frankenstein. Yes. But because they don't have him, he's like, I'll give you the book. Yeah, so he's like, here, I have the book. It's Victor, Victor Frankenstein's journal. I hope it's good enough. Please give me back our queen. And she's like, no, I am not worth this. I am just another gargoyle. I am commanding you to take the book and get out of here. And he's like, nope, I am too hidebound by my position in the order. I am a failure. Here is the book. I want my queen back. She's going to spend the rest of the movie mad at me. Yeah. Poor Jai Courtney. And it's it's one thing when they don't realize what the gar- or the demons want to do, which is very weird to me, given that they're like, oh, <laughs> even when he's explaining it, when Adam finds out, like, oh, they've got a giant fucking, like, underground facility full of hundreds of corpses that they want to reanimate, and he tells them, like, Oh, they're going to make a whole bunch of me so they can put souls into them. Yeah. And they don't put it together when he's like, yeah, they're going to try and uh, bolster their ranks by putting souls into dead bodies. And they're like, put a dead body? They're the only thing without a soul in it. It wouldn't matter. You, you really like, you are to- looking <laughs> at an animated dead body. There's a reason that this movie is about Frankenstein. <laughs> like, it would be one thing if two unrelated people were like, huh, why do they have all these dead bodies here? That's weird. But you have been talking to Frankenstein's monster for this entire movie, and you're like, derp-a-doop-a-doo. <laughs> yeah. No, no, the, the, uh, there's two or three defining characteristics of the gargoyles in this movie. They look bad, and they're fucking stupid. <laughs> there's also the scene where Leonore... bag of bricks. Leonore and her, her like, two bodyguards it managed to make it into that underground facility that's just like a giant storehouse full of corpses. That are all sitting with big signs on their chest that are a percentage and the word reanimation and then an upcounting percentage until they become demons. And there are four scenes in this movie that are just her standing around and they're confused. Just looking around. Just looking around, just like, I wonder what this is about. Huh. And then when it, when they finally start shaking wildly because demons are going into them, she's like, oh, oh, kill these. Kill these. <laughs> and especially bad that she doesn't go, oh. Uh, destroy that one thing that's generating yeah. the electricity that is animating Kill them. the big generator in the middle of the room. Instead, she's like, no, individually go around and stab all million of these guys. Yeah. There, I know that there are just absolutely a thousand dead bodies hanging around in here, but stab them one at a time instead of destroy the thing that's going to animate them. <laughs> There's so many scenes of her in her gargoyle form stomping around in the cat on the catwalks in there and just looking this way and that. Oh, they are... When fucking Adam finds out about this whole plot to, like, reanimate corpses and use them as bolstering their ranks, and he goes back to the gargoyles and is like, 
hey, uh, I mean, we're pretty far into this, so I'm skipping over a lot. There's He's a lot like, of, we're jumping around. It's fine. We're not doing a whole lot of the Doctor subplot, which does not matter There's at all. There's some things from it that I want to talk about, but yeah, yeah, it's fine. But he's like, hey, I've established a romantic relationship with Lady Doctor. And so here's the thing. If I tell you what's going on and I get the book back or whatever, will you just let me and Lady Doctor leave? And then I'll tell you where their base of operations is. And literally tells them, hey, they're going to make a shitload of me's Mm -hmm. in order to have an army. And Leonor's response is like, yeah, that sounds great. Anyway, as soon as he leaves, Gideon, go kill that guy. And I'm like... Fucking why? <laughs> why would you command your dude to be like, oh, kill the dude who just gave us all the information and also wants to murder demons? That guy sucks and I hate him. Yeah. No, the doctor subplot, basically, there's a point where Frankenstein or Adam learns that uh, Nibirius has the book. And he Nibirius walks into his two scientists who he's already like, what if I brought you the body of Adam Frankenstein? And this time he's like, here, here's a book. It's Frankenstein's real notes. And they're like, what the fuck? Is this real? You tell me. But then she gets the willies about the whole situation and escapes and is chased by Zuriel the demon and is rescued by Frankenstein who kills Zuriel and demonstrates that he is a created being and immortal and able to kill Zuriel, rescues her. They go back to her house and she's like, what's your part in this? He's like, I don't really have a part in this. I want a promise that was made to me by Victor centuries ago. There's a whole, like, tiny reference subplot to the Bride of Frankenstein arc happening throughout the movie. Yeah, I wanted Victor to make me a companion. Another like me. Uh, So that's all I care about, is that or also getting out of this. I rescued you because I didn't want you to be part of it, but honestly, I'm kind of hands-off on trying to rescue your partner. Like, I'm not not part of the war, is this whole Mm -hmm. thing. Yeah. She gets petulantly mad at him about this. She's already she already knows that her boss is a demon prince and that everyone who works for him besides her is demons. And then he's like, don't go back to your building. And she's like, well, I have to go talk to my partner who also works at the building. Yeah, because the partner calls and is like, yeah. hey, weird shit or whatever. And she's like, oh, get the fuck out of there. I'll meet you at a bus station. And he's like, Frankenstein's like, that's super dangerous. That is definitely a demon trap. At least, I don't know, let me shadow you and try and rescue again. And then she like opens the door and is like, why don't you just look out for yourself? It seems to be the only thing you're good at. And then slams the door. And I'm like, lady, all he did is rest, save your life like 10 minutes ago. You have That's- known him for five total minutes. And of those five minutes, four of it was rescuing you. Yeah. Why are you this petulant? Why are you so jingoistic about the eternal conflict between gargoyles and vampires that you don't entirely believe is real? Yeah. When it- <laughs> Frankenstein's monster finds her and Adam's just like, hey, uh, there's a whole war and you're working for demons and I w- I'm working for the gargoyle queen. And she's like, all right, buddy. <laughs> maybe yeah. maybe the reanimation pro- process did some brain damage to I you. I love that she's willing to go to the Frankenstein is real part and then that's as far as she's going. Well, at least with that, I'm like, she I does, believe it. She's be- a reanimator yeah, herself. Yeah. She's working in the field of reanimation. So if she's like, all right, yes, you're the original creation, but you've obviously gone unhinged. But then he murders a demon in front of her and of course the demon as we have mentioned fucking fire snakes his way down and blows a hole in the floor of the building they're in yeah and she's like oh i don't know about this war and you're like you have literally watched a demon explode yeah and then after her being like i don't know about all this frankenstein's like look i don't really have a part in this i just want to survive i'm just trying to do what i can to survive and 
and keep what's mine, which includes this book. And she's like, well, if all you care about is yourself. And I'm like, lady, you made a rapid shift from learning that this war existed to being gung-ho about it. And specifically being gung-ho about this other guy's involvement in it. Yeah. (laughs) Real judgy, real quick on that one. (laughs) It's just such a great scene to watch her be like, well, I'm going by myself because I think you're not committed enough to sparkle motion. And she like slams the door and I'm like, you're walking to your death because you're slightly pissed off at a dude you just met. Is that really, is that really your plan right now? (laughs) Oh, so dumb. The whole thing is so dumb. But he, she leaves and he gets attacked by Gideon because Gideon got sent to murder him. Mm Mm-hmm. And he ends up murdering Gideon with his own axe. Yeah, good Gideon, job. Gideon has he has these two little hand blades that it carries around as a weapon. And then it turns out at one point in the movie, he puts a stick in the ground and slides the hand blades onto it to make it into a cool axe out of three other parts. Good. And you're like, uh, why are you doing this? Why are we doing the click click stuff? This is a supernatural monster movie. You don't need to watch click together cool weapons. <laughs> no, we have to. We don't have guns in this movie, so we got to do something like that. Yeah. So he uh, he gets thrown out of a building by uh, uh, G- Gideon, but Gideon flies down and ends up getting impaled on his own axe by uh, for, uh, Adam, and 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 Gideon's like, you know, God will surely damn you for this. Oh, he already has. I've been damned for sent. First of all, God's got no jurisprudence on me. That's been the whole point of this. Also, if God gave a fuck, maybe he'd, I don't know, send some actual angels or make those angels make more gargoyles. Yeah. But apparently God gives no fucks. There is at least one line where Miranda Otto gets to, they're like, he's a soulless monster. God has no place for him. And she's like, yeah, but God could have killed him at any point in the past 200 years and didn't. Yeah. So he's probably around for some kind of reason. There's also a point where Gideon's like, oh, let's fucking murder him. And she's like, well, he's alive and all life is sacred. And he's like, but he was not born of man. She's like, neither were we. Yeah. (laughs) And yet immediately the next time we see her is like, nah, I went back on all that because you were around when a human got killed. Yeah. Now she's mad. But yeah, uh, there's even a scene later where he gets, like, uh, Nibirius is like, look, Frankenstein, you're going to come with me and I'm going to make millions of copies of you. Or uh, And then he's talking to a scientist and he's like, it's just a tool. We're just going to use it for what we need. And then we get Dr. Wade's heroic, not it, he. <laughs> you're like, why are you involved in the pronoun fight now? What is happening? <laughs> uh, How is everyone so concerned about that aspect of this? But when... Fucking uh, Nibirius is like, all right, well, you've got the journal, you've studied it, you know what to do. And she's like, but I won't, because that would be bad, and I know you're going to make, like, thousands of demons. And he's like, cool, well, I'm going to murder your friend, and the only way to bring him back is to reanimate him. And I, and that gets her to start the reanimation I process. I guess he'll come back with a demon in him? That's pretty good, I guess. That's like a B. It's, all so, right. <laughs> it's so weird to be like, she, but she knows the whole plan is to reanimate dead bodies and then put demons in them and your your idea of coercion is but what if you reanimate this dead guy who's your friend you want to see him as a demon too i would be like no i still still no no thank you but no that's not it wouldn't be resurrecting my friend it would just be having a demon parade in my friend's body which would be worse i also like that when he goes to kill uh marcus the the friend or whatever he has like a green fish claw as his real demon hand but then when he turns into a full demon later in the movie, he's just light pink. Well, so you I know. guess he can do He's a demon. He can be lots of colors. Don't worry about it. It don't matter. 
he, he turns from a green fish claw to pink regular human hands with, with talons on them. Uh, yeah. So eventually fucking Frankenstein manages to, and at this point he's also sort of taken the name Frankenstein. Yeah. No, well, I mean, because he's, he's Adam like, and Frankenstein. That's why I've been okay with calling him Frankenstein and not Frankenstein's monster or whatever all the way through this is because at the end, he he literally gives himself the title line where he's like, I am Adam. I am human. I, Frankenstein. And you're like, all right, well, I guess if you're calling yourself that, then it's open season. All <laughs> I right. I guess you're into Thanks it. Thanks for the permission. Yeah. There's a point where someone's like, ah, oh, you are truly your father's son. You are a Frankenstein. And he's yeah. like, sure, why not? Right. Whatever. I'm Frankenstein. <laughs> But <laughs> he just looks at the audience. You have permission <laughs> to I, just call me Frankenstein. I expressly permit everyone to call me Frankenstein. I know that was the name of Victor, the, my creator, but uh, you can also call me that and it's cool. Don't worry about it. Yeah, just call me Frankenstein. It's going to be fine. Okay, everybody? All right. That Now credits, please. <laughs> the, <laughs> but his whole deal at the end here is he's like, all right, so I'm going to lead the gargoyles to Niberius by showing up because he's, he doesn't show up in the cathedral. He shows up near it. And some of the gargoyles are like, Hey, Frankenstein's down there. And Leonore is like, yeah, let's fucking all leave the cathedral and go get him. Let's go get him. Leonore gets dumber. The longer this movie goes on. Yeah. <laughs> and, and she's just like, all right, everybody, let's get him. I know we lost our greatest warrior to him already, Let's sacrifice more to a guy that doesn't matter. And then we get a great sequence of the gargoyles chasing him and him just clowning on them. He doesn't want to kill him. No, because so. he's trying to lead him to Nibirius. By the time he gets to Nibirius's, like, weird complex, a shit ton of demons come out. And finally, the gargoyles are like, oh, he's leading us to where the demons are. Yeah. We're dumb and bad. And then we get a classic 2014 movie moment when uh, Vic, or Adam goes forward to face all the, the uh, demons and they're all getting ready to fight him. And then Kevin Grevio, who until this point has been like the heavy, the big mean heavy guy that's standing right behind uh, Bill Nye in every scene with a super deep voice being like, sir, we have a problem. You know, that kind of thing. So he's like, much bigger than all the other demons. So he shoulders them all out of the way in his demon form and walks out all like, I'll take care of this one. This one to me. And then he just immediately gets picked up and murdered by a gargoyle. Because yeah. again, the best thing the gargoyles can do in this movie is to have their feet appear from the top of the frame <laughs> and yank someone out of the scene. That's If that was all they did, they'd be super powerful. Uh, so we get a fight between the remaining gargoyles and demons in a courtyard mm -hmm. while Frankenstein goes to try and rescue uh, Dr. Her name is Tara. Tara Wade. Wade. Tara Wade. You know, that's not close to any famous people's real names or anything. Yeah. Uh, but uh, meanwhile, Leonore and her two bodyguards are also infiltrating the building to try and find the part underground where all the bodies are stored. Yes. So we have three groups happening. Now we get a setup for a sequel because there is a demon doctor guy. Molokai. Molokai has all of the research and everything on a little thumb drive. And when he realizes that gargoyles are invading, he just grabs all of it and fucks off. Yeah. So but he's, he's already pressed the reanimate button on everything. Yeah. So the, he's our little sequel setup. He disappears. We already told you what happens with Leonor in this scene. She stands around dumbly and looks at the room until bad shit starts happening. And we, when uh, Adam fights Nibirius, we're like, oh, he's way stronger. Because instead of just 
immediately getting fucking fire snaked by getting stabbed by a holy weapon. He just goes, he manages to take several hits from this, these little ax blades. Cause he stole Gideon's weapons like an asshole. And instead of using the cool two sticks that he's had for this whole time, he's like, fuck it. I'll take this guy's uh, weapon. He doesn't have the two cool sticks again from the moment that Gideon kidnaps him and throws him into the, uh, yeah. As soon as he murders yeah. Gideon, he takes his weapons. Yeah. But yeah, he, he hits him a bunch and, and, uh, Nibirius is like, stupid, you can't hurt me. I'm a demon prince. I'm not like these other idiots you've been fighting. Um, and because you're soulless, I'll put a little mark on your head and summon a demon into you. Yeah, and then that just doesn't work. Like a demon comes flying up and tries to go into him and you get Nibirius being like, you have happened to take over. Now my child, rise. Good, lo- good news, you got a cool body. You look like Aaron Eckhart. <laughs> good job, man. You like ba- You like the Dark Knight? I got you one of them. Huh? <laughs> Thank you for smoking. Remember, he was in a good, better movie six years ago. I probably shouldn't have brought this up. <laughs> uh, but instead, he's like, I am not your child. I'm I'm me. And fuck you. I apparently have a soul now. So eat it, dick. So he, when he earlier managed to hit Nibirius with axes and it looked like it wasn't doing anything, he had carved in all the horizontal parts of the yeah. three slashes across the chest of the gargoyle order. And now he does the vertical slash, which means that he marks... Nibirius with the symbol of the gargoyle order and he blows up into not one not two but four fire snakes four even bigger than normal fire snakes that spin around go up into the air combined into one giant fireball that when it goes to descend takes the entire complex with it yes and there's a point where you think Leonore's gonna die because she's watching as as this collapse into hell is sucking down all the bodies that were about to be animated with demons. And then she's like, oh, we got to go. And so her and her two bodyguards start flying up. And you see a shot of her flying right up into this hellbound turbo fireball and being like, well, grimly nodding, which is about as much as you can expect these terrible CGI gargoyle renders to do. And then she flies right into it. You're like, oh, I guess she sacrifices herself for no reason. Great. But then she just comes out the other side glowing a little bit. Yeah, she comes out the other side being like, oh, well, I'm a gargoyle. I can only be killed by something a creature without a soul, but that's just a fireball and it can't murder me. Yeah. But I do have in my talons, uh, Tara and Adam because I saved them. Yeah. Cause I guess I found them mid rubble falling somehow and got them. And now they're safe. Yeah. I was kind of hoping that that sequence would be like another sequel setup. you know, like, Oh, when she flew through the, the big old Nibirius fireball, she got like a little Nibiriest. She got a, got a little Beeriest. Yeah. So now she's she got, got a little Beeria. So now she's like a demon gargoyle. She's Demona. Huh? But uh, yeah, she rescues those two. And then pretty much we go right to Frankenstein standing in front of the burning building and being like, I, Adam, I, Frankenstein, credits, please. Yeah. I got to say, now that we are done with this. Yes. I thought for sure that they were going to try and set up that, like, you could also use the same process to make gargoyles. Uh, yeah, yeah, anything. I thought uh, a lot of setups. I thought there were going to be so many reasons for anyone to give a shit about Frankenstein. Well, the thing I kept waiting for was an explanation for just the simple question, why gargoyles? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm like, you are in basically every single way in this movie, just angels. They're just angels. Why are they gargoyles? Like, when you kill them, they turn into bright light and ascend to heaven. They fly. They, what? 
why gargoyles? The Did you not have figure... a, a C... Was the CGI cheaper for stone dudes than it was to put wings on regular guys? That, I think that was part of it. The other thing I kept thinking was like whoever made it didn't want to make angels a anti-hero character in the in the thing. They want to have a scene where Gideon, who's already oh, yeah, angel you don't coded, want to make it so that angels are bad guys. Yeah, angels are bad guys. That or they capturing. had already seen Legion and they were like, oh fuck, they stole our lunch. <laughs> exactly. So that's kind. Of, I was like, oh, they don't want to do. They don't want to recreate Legion, and they don't want the angel. They don't want the bad guys to be angels. So their gargoyle is like a healthy, healthy buffer between angels and and well, <laughs> something that's okay to be bad guys. Uh, but it just comes off as so weird. You spend the whole movie being like, gargoyles. Why gargoyles? <laughs> yeah, you know that really, Disney show was in the nineties. It's it's time has come and gone. It really does take you out of it because when you're like. All right, Underworld. This is basically trying to be an Underworld movie with a secret war between two monsters. Yeah, and but vampires like, and werewolves have been taken already. I'm yeah, sorry, you're like, Lycan. But even then, you're like, all right, vampires, werewolves, great. Classics, done. And they're like, all right, what are we going to do? Demons and... Demons and... Creatures from the Black Lagoon. <laughs> <laughs> Mummies. <laughs> Literally, I would have been more okay with it being like, oh, it's demons versus mummies. I'd be like, you know what? Sure. Too close to the mummy movies. We have to go with ghosts. <laughs> invisible men. Yes. Demons versus invisible men. And women. <laughs> and non-binaries. <laughs> movies even more about pronouns now. <laughs> Nobody knows. Everyone's invisible. <laughs> That's why you have to always ask for the pronouns first. <laughs> yeah, just, just pick a movie monster type. Gargoyles is just a weird out there choice it's just strange it's weird enough that i was like this keeps the fact that you should have just been angels keeps taking me out of this yeah (laughs) all right let's go ahead and get into our bests and worsts what is the best thing for you jeff in i frankenstein i already said it very way back at the beginning i think even before we play the music uh there's a part where when frankenstein comes back to challenge nabirius like to be like i've come to kill you and take what's mine and Napirius just goes, you've returned, Frankenstein. <laughs> and, I was, and I was like, that's what I wanted to hear Bill, Bill Nye say. I want some good line reads. I want Bill Nye to have to engage with the premise of the film, please. That's all I want. And, and I got it when he was like, welcome, Frankenstein. We've been expecting you. I, the demon prince, Nabirius. Enemy to the gargoyles. I shall destroy the gargoyle queen. And you're like. <laughs> God, this is some real D&D bullshit you got going on here. <laughs> it really does feel like a uh, a Mandela effect view into an alternate universe where the White Wolf books were very different. <laughs> <laughs> That's the biggest feel I got from this, where I was like, oh, well, are there five kinds of gargoyles that you can But yeah, my favorite is Bill Nye's line readings when he has to ham it up and actually say Frankenstein. What about you? What's your favorite thing? I'm going to say the... God, my one favorite thing in this, if I'm boiling it down to a single thing, then you are, is the the scene where they recapture Adam and have him strapped to the chair and his insistence that like the only oh. thing he cares about is freedom. Yeah. I was like, look, look, Eckhart, you're acting. Yes. You're doing it. Yeah. I love fucking Aaron Eckhart, too. Yeah. This is such a dumb movie. It's a <laughs> shitty movie where he doesn't get to do much, but for one scene, you're like, 
Look at you putting in the chops. Yeah, like, I'll be honest, when when you told me this was the pick, I was like, I vaguely remember that movie, but I like Aaron Eckhart too much to remember that he was in it. So in my <laughs> mind, I had just been like, oh, yeah, I think this has Gerard Butler. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> he might be Van Helsing. I don't remember who was that guy. Who was Van Helsing? In the movie Van Helsing. Yeah, I don't remember. Was that was that Wolverine? Was it Hugh Jackman who played Van Helsing? I, I think it was Hugh Jackman. <laughs> okay. But yeah, I was like, Aaron Eckhart didn't do this. He, would, he wouldn't do this. <laughs> he would never. It was Gerard Butler. Not my Aaron Gerard Eckhart. Butler says yes. <laughs> uh, all right. Pick the worst thing in this movie. Oh, it's definitely the science babble that's close enough to be wrong. That's the worst thing in this movie. <laughs> Anytime he's just like, well... If you could get the uh, electric eels can deliver a voltage of up to 500. If they could do that consistently three times, five minutes at a time. And I was just like, don't, don't bring, don't do this. Don't go, go don't go halfway into science because then you're just going to have me being like, fuck you. I've read a lot about electric eels. They can only do it for like two milliseconds at a time. Stop. Stop it. Just stop it. Uh, also, you don't know anything about the difference between voltage, joules, amperage. You have no idea how electricity works. Just say megavolts. Just say, we need a million megavolts. If we can't get enough gigajoules, then this will never... <laughs> just just do that. Uh, <laughs> it's the thing they were like, fine, a shock from an electric eel would kill anyone. <laughs> it's like, no, they're not especially fatal. <laughs> Oh, goodness. A shock from one hurts like hell, I'm sure, but it won't kill you most of the time. Yeah, I would assume. I mean, maybe if it hits you, like, square in the chest and, yeah, like, exactly. fucked your heart rhythm like, up. Like, the same thing would happen with Steve Irwin, where, like, normally a stingray isn't going to kill you, but if it stings you in the heart, yeah. then, yeah, you're going to have a bad, you're going to die. But, <laughs> but uh, electric eels, you have to really be working to get murdered by an electric eel. <laughs> you gotta commit to It'd the It'd be bit. easier to kill someone with one by freezing it and stabbing someone with it. Ah. <laughs> near the heart. <laughs> you know, near it. <laughs> All right. So uh, that's my least favorite. What about you? I'm going to say the worst thing in this movie to me is, I mean, it almost certainly has to be Leonore's <laughs> continuing. Bizarre change. Just weird stupidity. Yeah. Where it starts out and she's like, I'm a protector of all life, and Adam is also alive, and so we will protect him, and I see in him the chance for good. And then just, he was around when a cop died. He's trash now and an absolute piece of shit. Fucking murder him. And I'm like, what happened here? Why is, (laughs) and why are you so dumb? He just told you that demons are planning to make a full fucking, like, tens of thousands strong army, and you're like, oh, well, fuck that guy for telling me that. Kill him. It's so dumb. It's very dumb. Because there's a point where Gideon's like, you can't just let him leave. And she just looks at him madly and then goes, well, follow him. And as soon as you know where the book is, kill him. And it's you're like, so strange. Like, Why? <laughs> what? None, none of that matters. Ugh. Yeah, it, it's very unusual. God, I can't find any reference that says that Miranda Otto is related to Socrates Otto. I, I would have thought it was obvious because they're both from the same place and they have the same name. And you can even kind of see some similarities. But there's no references to it. None. No reference. So I guess I guess I'm just wrong, and they're not. I guess. Anyway, Weird. anyway, yeah. There uh, you go. Uh, well, let's go ahead and give our rating. Each of us a rating from zero to five to give a rating out of ten. Jeff, two and a half. This is the kind of movie where I could watch it and just laugh at how dumb it is. Like it's not so bad that I spent the whole movie being mad at it. Instead, I was just <laughs> like, I spent the whole time just being like, that's ah, stupid. <laughs> so <laughs> so it's it's definitely the kind of movie where I could watch it with friends. 
or if it was on even like I know I keep saying like if it's on on a day and you're bored. I haven't watched fucking network television in 15 years, so I'm not sure why that's my frame of reference. Oh yeah, but uh, but yeah, it's a two if and a half. If someone put it on and you happen to walk through the room, you'd be like, I guess. Yeah, so it's a two and a half for me, dog. What about you? Uh I'm gonna give it a two. I didn't. I wouldn't. If someone had it on, I'd be like, turn this off. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it definitely is one of those things we're watching it. I just kept being like, anytime they'd go, we need to take Frankenstein to the Gargoyle Queen. I was like, God damn it. This is some dumb horse shit. Stop saying things. But uh, it just, it's not quite at the level where I'm like, oh, it's it's good enough to sit around with friends and make fun of. If you had to anyway, like you have a podcast and you have to do that. Yeah. Sure. It's all right. It's it's fine enough. It's a two. It's not the worst thing ever, but <laughs> Jesus Christ, it's not good. <laughs> so four and a half out of ten, it's uh is bad. I Frankenstein, not good. Yeah. Okay. So it turns out that while Miranda and Socrates Otto are both Australian actors, uh Socrates Otto is descended from oh, some nationality. Let's just go ahead and assume Greeks. <laughs> Because it is. She's Greek. <laughs> let's let's assume. Good old Socrates here. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so they're not related. It's just a weird coincidence. Okay. Weird coincidence. All right. Just making sure that was clear. <laughs> Thank you for clearing that up. <laughs> yeah. All right. Thank you so much for joining us for this episode of Movie Mastery. We will, of course, be doing more of this. We'll be back in two weeks with another episode. And if you would like some more content. Then uh, we'll be reviewing Othello. <laughs> Can you imagine us reviewing Othello? Well, it's more content. <laughs> ah, hey, hey, you? Yeah. Good. Yeah. Bring it in. Give, yeah, me, give, me, give me some dabs. That's my dab. That's all I wanted. <laughs> <laughs> Good job. You did it. I appreciate that stupid pun. I love it. No, we're going to watch Otto, man. <laughs> <laughs> if you head on over to our Patreon at patreon.com slash systemmastery, you can join us at any level. We'll support the show. Let's us keep doing what we're doing. We've got a bunch of different tiers. Every single one of them unlocks more bonus shows that we do. Yeah. And uh, up at the top, you can go $10 a month, unlocks all the stuff we do, including the, uh, the TV mastery. We are still going through the show Auto Man, which this week is a brave departure from the standard norm. Yeah, it's about a Greek guy. It's Socrates Auto Man. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> no, it's it's uh yeah, it's it's interesting because uh it, it's, it, a, it's a departure. It's it a, it's devi- a worthwhile It deviates from the standard. Yes. And uh we'll be looking at that so you can go over there, uh head to the Patreon, join us for that, and of course, our entire backlog of other shows that we've watched and every single other thing we have done because mm-hmm. the $10 a month unlocks everything. You get the monthly afterthought and all of our other shows and you get secret access to rooms on our discord. Go yeah. over to while it still exists at system mastery on Twitter. You can find the link to our discord. Join us there. It's a good place to be, and you don't have to worry about uh, any assholes running it. Just these assholes running it. We have good mods who run it for us. We we're, have amazing we're very mods. thankful of our amazing mods. Uh, so we will uh, go do that right now, in fact. Yeah. We're going to go record some TV mastery, but we will return in two weeks for more movie mastery. Mm-hmm. And until then, you all have a good one.
In the universe of Star Wall Odyssey, space is made out of the collective imaginations of all the thinking beings who live on various planets. These worlds are connected to each other through imagination. Common themes and ideas are strings between universes. And to get between them, people fly wooden ships that look like animals, which are powered by emotions. Also, people communicate with each other by contemplating orbs. The only way you can take pictures is getting stared at by a big psychic bug. And people have already declared victory in a war over the very concept of evil. But I'm getting ahead of myself. Starwall Odyssey follows the adventures of the hapless inhabitants of the Lucky Finn Tenement Building, who suddenly find that their apartment is actually a spaceship, and that they're lost in a sea of boundless imagination. It's an actual play starring me, James D'Amato, Mel D'Amato, Allie Grauer, and Drew Merzieski, as we playtest the No Kings system, which will hopefully one day be the Skyjacks role-playing system. It toes the line between weird and wonderful slice of life and high-flying space fantasy. You can sample the first five episodes by searching for Starwall Odyssey on your favorite podcast app, or get the whole thing by heading to patreon.com slash one-shot podcast and signing up for $5 a month or more.